thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh. Father, I thank you. <clears throat> I thank you for allowing us to come here today. Allow us to gather in your name, Father, to hear a word from you. Use me as you please, Father, for I am but an extension of your mouth, of your eyes, your ears, and of your love, Father. Guide my heart, guide my thoughts, that I may speak only what you want me to speak, Father, so they can hear exactly what you want them to hear, Father. And I pray that this seed that I bring forth, Father, is planted in good soil, Father, and the enemy cannot come and steal this seed, Father, for it is needed for your children. Hallelujah. We give you all praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you really All right. So tonight I will be teaching on... Sickness for Health. This series is called The Exchange, and my topic is Sickness for Health. <sighs> All right. All right, so sickness is a bottomless ocean. It is so is health. Both are so vast. So vast that all the topics that my sisters and I will be teaching on this month are all included. So in an ocean of sickness, there is punishment, sin, cursings, poverty, death, the law, and the old man. In an ocean of health, there is peace, righteousness, blessings, wealth, grace, and the new man. I have a few scriptures coming out of the book of Jeremiah, um, chapters 2 through chapters 8, and in that chapter 8, verse 22, which is my main scripture. All right, so through these, through these chapters, um, you will see examples of each type of sickness displayed with Israel and Judah. I'm not going to go into depth with any of these because our sisters would do that. I just want you all to see how it is all connected. Um, when Adam sinned, sickness, sickness in the many forms of it entered into the earth. God's main way of keeping his chosen people healthy until the appointed time for his son to come was to try and keep them from sinning. They were all unaware that they were sinners. So our father had to give them some rules to show that they were. Then he said that I would be your healer. I am the Lord who heals thee, Jehovah Rapha. So anybody that did not seek healing from him pretty much died. Um, before we go there, I want to tell you the four things that we are healed from. Can I get the first slide? Oh, okay. So um, the four things to be healed from is sickness and disease. Now, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, they pretty much mean the same thing. Disease means sickness, and sickness means disease. Um, so we have disease and sickness of the body, of the mind, of the body, and of the soul. And I'm going to just teach her a little bit on the soul. So for the soul, we have sin as a sickness. Rich sins, iniquity, and transgressions. And for, um, let's see, the second one is brokenhearted. Now, in the Hebrew, this word brokenhearted is a verb. It shows action being a same, or a state of being, because that's what a verb is. So, Brokenhearted means to break into pieces, to be broken, to be maimed, crippled, be wrecked. And in the Greek, it's a verb as well. The only difference between the two meanings from Greek and Hebrew is that for the Greek, 
it has a, de- a definition saying that brokenhearted means to put Satan under foot and as a conqueror trampled him. So while he's been brokenhearted us, we're supposed to brokenheart him. <laughs> um, and a Luther, uh, I'm sorry, a scripture that I have that is not on any of my points up there is Luke 4, 18, which is a, is a familiar scripture that we all know. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering a sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, one thing that I want to point out is that the type of sickness that I will be teaching on is pretty much spiritual. Everything, it all boils down to the spirit, not really of the flesh, which you will see that. Okay, so the second one is oppression or being oppressed, which is a verb as well. Torments and infirmities. Infirmity is a noun in the Greek, which means... This is interesting, too. Want of strength. The wanting of strength to understand a thing, to do things great, glorious, to restrain from corrupt desires, to bear trials and tribulations, I mean, trials and troubles, same thing. And with that, I'm going to share a scripture. It's just another scripture I have for me, which is Luke 8, 2, Luke chapter 8, verse 2. And it says, a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. So what was one of her infirmities? Not having the strength to restrain from corrupt desires, because we know what type of woman she was. What was one of her desires? Lust. She couldn't stop lusting at the man or using her body to get what she wanted until Jesus came along and healed her of her infirmity. All right, so getting into Jeremiah, if you want to um, pull out your phones and go to Jeremiah. I'm not going to read throughout the whole chapters, 2 through 8. I'm just going to summarize until I get up to chapter 8. So beginning in chapter 2, our father talks about how Israel was holy to him. They were the first of his harvest. And that's interesting. He called them the first of his harvest. And how he was good to them. Further along, he goes to say how Israel switched gods when there were no gods, no other gods to be switched to. They started creating gods <laughs> and, worshiping, and worshiping them. And he said that they forsaken him, which he mentioned that a few times, how they forsake him. He never forsook them. They forsake him. So chapter 3, our father continues to speak about how he felt being cheated on by Israel and Judah. He compared it to a wife committing adultery. They were just worshiping all kinds of gods, gods made from wood, stone, even the heavens, gods of the sun, moon, and the stars. Sounds familiar, right? (laughs) He goes to call Israel faithless and Judah treacherous. All right, so my first scripture in Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 8 through 11, says, I thought after she has done all these things, she will return to me. But she did not return. 
and her treacherous sister Judah saw it all. And I saw that for all the adulteries of faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a writ of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and was a harlot too. So <laughs> it says a lot because Judah obviously saw the way Israel was behaving. And they went and did the exact same thing, but even worse. So yet, in spite, where am I? Oh, okay, my, where, where am I? Okay, because of the lightness of her holotry, holotry, she polluted the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Yet, in spite of all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but rather in deception, declares the Lord. And the Lord told, said to me, faithless Israel has proved herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Now, how bad had Judah had to be for God to look at Israel and say that they're more righteous? That's just a really terrible state of being. <laughs> Chapter 4. Our father speaks about the warning of war and the siege of Judah from a foreign army. Judah brought the destruction upon themselves. Can we say punishment? This army is led by Satan. Satan had his eyes on Judah and saw them for the taking, but could not touch them without permission. We'll see this in the second scripture I have here. Jeremiah chapter 4, 6 through 7. Thank you. It said, lift up a standard towards Zion. Seek refuge. Do not stand still, for I am bringing evil from the north and great destruction. A lion has come up from his thicket, and a destroyer of nations has set out. He has gone out from his place, he has gone out from his place to make your land a waste. Your cities will be burned without inhabitant. Further on, our father goes to say that their land would be a desolation. Um, nothing will live there, no animals, no men, no trees will bear fruit. All the cities will be burned and torn down, pretty much death. Now, as I was reading that, it made me understand that when we sin as being the one who's supposed to have dominion over the earth, when we sin against God, creation suffers for it. Creation suffers for it. Like, there's no reason that the animals have to die, too, because they decide to worship other gods. Like, what the animals got to do with anything? But see, it goes back to the book of Job where we learned that God had his hands on Job, a hedge that protected him and everything that he owned. So when he removed that hedge of protection, not only you, but everything you own is affected. So the, the trees suffer, <laughs> the animals suffer, the land suffers. Something to keep in mind. Chapter 5, we learn that God allows the enemy to come in and do pretty much what it's said to do. So God gave, gave the enemy instructions to, uh, to do specific things. They were to devour, devour everything from food to children to the fruit on the trees. God said to break all the branches. They are not mine. Mm. That's deep by itself. My next scripture I have is Jeremiah chapter 5, 29 through 31. 
And it says, shall I not punish these people, declared the Lord? On a nation such as this, shall I not avenge myself? Shall I not avenge myself? You don't want God avenging himself. He don't got no other person to go to because no, there's nobody ahead of him, right? <laughs> so he says, shall I avenge myself? I would rather anybody but God to avenge himself. An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesied falsely, and the priests ruled on their own authority, and my people love it so. But what will you do at the end of it? So after all your cheating and all your worshiping guys and making stuff and all that, what are you going to do after that? What is the point of it? Pretty much what you're asking. Chapter 6. Father tells the sons of Benjamin to flee for safety from Jerusalem because he is about to war against them. He goes to say how he is full of wrath and weary and is weary with holding it in. Like he has to let it out. So he's about to unleash it. He is not sparing no one, not even children, women, or the elderly. My next scripture, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 13 through 15. And it says, for, for from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for gain. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace. But there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they have done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. Infirmity. Infirmity. <laughs> Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. And at the time that I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. And again, he goes to tell them about the great army that's coming from the north. Chapter 7. Once again, Judah is given an opportunity to turn from their wicked ways as usual. You know, our father gave them chance after chance after chance. So father goes to tell them that if they do not turn from their wicked ways, they will do, he would do to them what he did to his people Israel in Shiloh. Now, this, this next scripture... Jeremiah 7, 15 through 16. It says, I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all of, all of your brothers, all the offspring of Ephraim. As for you, do not pray for these people, and do not lift up a cry or prayer for them. Do not intercede with me, for I do not hear you. Now, if you didn't think they was messed up before, this is even more messed up when God tells you don't pray for somebody. That's judgment all by itself. Like, don't pray for them. I don't even hear you. <laughs> Let me keep steady. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead of myself, but I don't want to do that. Okay, so he said he will pour out his anger and his wrath on the land. The animals, trees, and the people, they all going to get it, unfortunately. Chapter 8. Father continues on with his rant, letting Judah know how they would be punished for their sins, breaking his laws, worshiping idol gods, etc. Um, my next scripture, Jeremiah eight seventeen through 18. Chapter 8, verse 17 through 18. For behold, I am sending serpents against you. 
adders, which is vipers, for which there is no charm, and they will bite you, declares the Lord. My sorrow is beyond healing. My heart is faint within me. They're really doing something to God at this point. Like he's really hurting. Jeremiah 8, chapter 19 through, no, chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. Behold, listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from a distant land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not within her? Why have they provoked me with their graven images, with foreign idols? Harvest is past, summer is ended, and we're not saved. For the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. I mourn, I dismay, dismay has taken a hold of me. Verse 22. He asks, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored? Now, I must just stay here for a sec because he asked, why isn't the health? Now, I didn't mention anything about physical, anything. So the question is, if he's asking about the health, what is the sickness? It's not a physical sickness. It's a spiritual sickness. A mindset, which is the old man. Balm is a medicine used for healing. That only came from Gilead. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> so the question is, did Gilead run out of healing balm? Now, Apostle McKinley talked about healing balm, which I will come back to that. This word physician in the Hebrew is a verb. It's not a person. So he's not asking if they're a person. Physician is a verb. Rapha is the Hebrew word for a physician. So it's same as heal, cure, and repair. So it says this, there's no healing happening there. The word health is a noun in the Hebrew, uh, which means healing and restoration. Another word for healing in the Hebrew is shalom, which means complete, completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, soundness in body, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, uh, contentment. And friendship with, friendship of human relationships with God, especially in covenant relationships. So in the Greek, Health is a noun meaning to be sound, to be well, to be in good health. Um, in good health are Christians whose opinions are free from mixture, mixture of error. One who keeps the graces and is strong. So that's what it means to be healthy. And as we see, Israel and Judah is nowhere near healthy. They were sick. So before accepting Christ, we all were orphans. We all acted and had a mindset of Israel and Judah at some point in our lives. Like we all worshiped idols, lied, took advantage of the poor, women, children. As Nepios, we committed adultery against God. We did not know any better. We all have dealt with a sense of being punished by God, wondering if 
what we were going through, whether it was childhood tribulations, bodily sickness, being in poverty, death of a loved one or of a career, living in fear constantly because we was breaking the Ten Commandments, was it all part of being punished? When in actuality, it was us being the old man, the sick man. We were all sick. All we knew was death and destruction, lying, scheming, fighting, lusting for things and people we could not have. But then something happened. There was an exchange. A price was paid and exchange was made. Something that was predestined to happen before the foundation of the world. A trade, a trade was made in a futures market. Said to happen approximately 5,500 years from the moment Adam fell from grace. I'm learning something. <laughs> Um, okay, so when the time was fulfilled, our father sent his son to heal us, to save us. Jesus had to give up his life, be the lamb, the ultimate sacrifice that was most holy and acceptable to God. Jesus took upon himself our punishment, our poverty, all sickness and disease, death, cursing, sin. He took upon the identity of the old man so that we can be born again and become the new healthy man. This new man has peace. Wealth, righteousness, grace, blessings, life, and that more abundantly. We were made whole, given a name that is above every name in the, in the earth, under the earth, in heaven. With this new name and identity, we receive power and authority to execute, to execute the will of the Father. Now, with having the power and authorities, we, was a, we are able to do these type of healings. It was pretty much the same healings that Jesus was doing. Can I get my next slide, please? That looks blurry from here. Can y'all see that? Can I get the five types of healings? Yeah, okay. So I know I'm about to not pronounce these words correctly because they are Greek. <laughs> but as you see the first one, they're pure, pure, something like that, um, which means to... It's mainly used to to um, to heal dealing with devils and unclean spirits. So in scriptures, when you read where um, Jesus healed somebody that was vest with a spirit, this particular healing was was taking place. Um, ema, which is used for medicine and rem- this particular one is only mentioned in First Corinthians when we're talking about the gifts of healing. So it's gifts of ema which deals with remedy and medicines. Um, the next one, Iaome, <laughs> is used to uh, free us from errors and sins, to bring about one's salvation. Now, I'm going to stand here just, just for a sec, because this particular one is highly misused with the two scriptures that it is in, and that's First Peter 2, 24. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four to twenty-five. We all know this one. I don't have it up there. Okay, and it's the same as Isaiah fifty-three five, where he says, "Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. For they, 
For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Now, with this particular healing, and in these two scriptures, actually like the, the chapter, First Peter chapter 2 and as Isaiah 53, all talking about what we were healed from. And what we were healed from is sin. Rich sins, iniquity, and transgressions. How do I know? Peter quoted, quoted Isaiah 53, where he says that, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, the chastening for our well-being upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. That wasn't physical. That was sin. Sickness. Further along, Isaiah goes to say, my servant will justify the many as he will bear the iniqu- their iniquities because he, he poured out himself to death and was, the number, and was numbered with the transgressors, yet himself bore the sin of many and intercede for the transgressors. So when you're praying healing for yourself, you want to use scriptures, you, you tell the Lord, the Father, you're praying, you say, Father, you said by, by your stripes I am healed. Uh, he said, well, you are. <laughs> you are already healed. You're, you're asking for the wrong type of healing. Because <laughs> you have a physical issue. And you're saying something about a spiritual issue. You're healed completely. You got you to come to me correctly. And that's not right. But I know what you're saying, though. <laughs> Um, the next one we have is therapy, <laughs> which is uh, pretty much medical services. Oops. Medical services. And then we have Sazo. This one is a physical healing. You will find this particular healing in the story where um, the man come and asks Jesus to come see about his daughter. His daughter is sick and is dying. And unfortunately, the woman with the issue of blood held Jesus up, and a, and a girl died. To them, they, she died, but Jesus said that she's not asleep. I mean, she's not dead, she's asleep. So he healed her with this one. And the last one is Iasis. <laughs> Iasis. Um, I'm sorry, give me a minute. My screen decided to mess up. Okay, here we go. This particular one I call the miracle healing. And that's because it's found only in two places in the New Testament, which is in Acts chapter 4, verse 22, where it says, For a man was for the man was above 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing, Iasis, was showed. And this is the man that was pretty much was paralyzed his whole life asking for money. Jesus walked past him all the time, didn't heal him, because he wasn't asking for healing, he was asking for money. But Peter came along and said, I don't have money, but I have what I do have, I give to you. And so they saw what Peter, well, they didn't see, he went about praising what Peter did. And, of course, the Pharisees would say, well, who healed you? How did this happen? And they couldn't deny it, and they called it a miracle healing. All right, so... See, we no longer have to pray to Jehovah Jireh for our healing. We were given the means to bring forth our healing by exercising our faith in the exchange that was made on the cross, our Father's promises to us, and his word. 
Therefore, there is a belief amongst our brothers and sisters that we have to confess our sins in order to receive healing. But see, that was for the old man. It's not for the new man. For the old man was sick. I believe that this comes from a scripture in the Psalms. Did I put that up there? Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. And it says, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your ignition. Um, there is no health in my bones because of my sin. So that will make you think that because of sin, you can't receive healing. Because remember, health in the Hebrew means healing or restoration. So we have to be careful with the old... Testament scriptures that we, that we quote or pray out, because you have to remember who are saying these prayers. Servants of God. The mindset of the old man is saying these prayers. We're not walking in a, in a valley of shadow of death. And I know a lot of people say that. Yea, do I walk through the valley of shadow of feel no evil for thy women. Yeah, okay. So that was a legit place where the captives waited for the Messiah to come and set them free in hell. How many people walking in the valley of shadow of death? All right. <laughs> Your brother said, when you pray, you say our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> and he also said, <laughs> he said to listen to them. They know the word. Like They, they know God. They knew God. But don't do as they do. So we read the scriptures and we study Moses and Abraham and David, Solomon. <clears throat> but we don't do as they do or as they did. I mean, even Paul took to the Old Testament scriptures or looked at the Old Testament scriptures and saw Christ. So when we read the Old Testament, we have to see Christ just as Paul saw Christ. We, we are to do the same. So apply the revelation of Christ as he was in the scripture the whole time. Amen. So as I mentioned before, health in Hebrew means healing and, and restoration. We confess sins to be forgiven, not to be healed. Father, do not deal with us the same way he, did, he dealt with Israel and Judah. <clears throat> Jesus never asked anyone that he healed to confess their sins first. That would literally take them more than 24 hours in a day to try to heal a multitude of people, waiting for them to, to confess every sin. <laughs> so this does not apply to us because healing is the children's bread. Which brings me to my last point, communion. His body was broken before his blood was shed on the cross. Healing before forgiveness. This is the main purpose of communion, which is another way to receive healing for the believer. And at the same time, acknowledging what Jesus had to go through in order to have our sins forgiven. It is not for the unbeliever. We are for the unbeliever. Because he said, he that believes will lay hands and they will be healed. So it takes us to heal the unbeliever. Jesus said to remember me and to do this, have communion, as often as you eat bread and drink wine or juice. So because of the exchange on the cross, the ultimate transaction to ever be made, we have health. We are healthy beings. 
we have the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind, a healthy mind. We have the divine healing bomb. And my last scripture I have that I will leave you with is 3 John 1 and 2, which is the same scripture Apostle Hardy used in his teaching. Healing bomb. Probably won't go back and listen to that. It said, Beloved, my brothers and sisters, I, have, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your souls prosper. Amen. Amen. That's all I have for you tonight to be continued. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll praise the most high. Thank you. <laughs> Any questions, concerns, comments?